Welcome to Leaving Zion, Jewish Emigration from Palestine and Israel after World War II, brought to you by the History Department, the Cleo Society, and the College of Arts and Sciences at The Ohio State University, and by the Bexley Public Library. My name is Nick Breifogel. I'm an Associate Professor of History and Director of the Goldberg Center for Excellence in Teaching, and will be your host and moderator today. Thank you so very much for joining us. The story of Israel's foundation has often been told from the perspective of Jewish immigration to the land of Israel. In this talk today, Dr. Ori Yehudai turns this, this historical narrative on its head, focusing on Jewish outmigration from Palestine and Israel between 1945 and the late 1950s. Based on sources collected from 22 archives in six countries, we will talk about how, despite the dominant view that displaced Jews should settle in the Jewish homeland, many Jews instead saw the country as a site of displacement or a way station to more desirable lands. Covering events in the Middle East, Europe, and the Americas, Dr. Yehudai provides a fresh transnational perspective on the critical period surrounding the birth of Israel and the post-Holocaust reconstruction of the Jewish world. Let's take a moment to get to know our speaker. Ori Yehudai is the Saul and Sonia Schottenstein Chair in Israel Studies, an assistant professor in the Department of History at Ohio State. His research focuses on modern Jewish history with special emphasis on Zionism and the state of Israel, migration and displacement, relations between Jews and non-Jews after the Holocaust, and more recently, aspects of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and ethnic tensions within Israel. At Ohio State, he teaches courses on the history of modern Israel, the Arab-Israeli conflict, and Jewish migration. With that introduction, let me lay out the plan. Professor Yehudai will begin with his talk, and then we'll take your questions and we will open things up for discussion. Many of you uh, submitted questions uh, when you registered. Uh, however, if you're interested in asking questions uh, during our, our webinar today, please write your question in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen on Zoom. And we'll do our best to answer as many questions uh, as we can. Now, Without further ado, let me pass you over to Professor Yehudai, uh, who will take us on an exploration of Leaving Zion, Jewish emigration from Palestine and Israel after World War II. Over to you, Professor Yehudai. Um, thank you, uh, uh, Nick, for the introduction. Uh, thank you to the Clio Society, to the College of Arts and Sciences, and to the uh, Beckley, Bexley Library. And thank you everyone uh, for joining us uh, uh, today. The material that I'll be uh, presenting to you comes from a book that I recently uh, published uh, about Jewish outmigration from Palestine and Israel between 1945 and the late 1950s, as uh, Nick uh, explained in his introduction. A lot has been written on Jewish immigration into the country during those years, but my book looks at the movement in the opposite uh, direction. The book combines different levels of narrative. It tells the story from the perspectives of the migrants themselves, showing why they left Israel, uh, what obstacles they faced when they tried to immigrate, and what happened to them after arriving to their new destinations. And the book also looks at the public and institutional aspect of the story, 
investigating the migration policies of Israel and of receiving countries and the discourse and reactions to immigration both in Israel and in the larger Jewish world and in receiving uh, countries, countries of destination. The broader question that the book tries to answer is what was the role of Zionism in, in, in the state of Israel in the post-war world, especially in the lives of Jews who were displaced by the events of the period. And I draw on the theoretical assumption that looking at the conditions surrounding the departure of emigrants helps to understand the political, ideological, and social conflicts involved in the nation building process because emigration, out-migration, much like immigration, defines the, the boundaries of the state. And this means that those who choose to cross the boundaries may put themselves in conflict with the national project. And because of national anxieties, national fears of loss, the departure of those immigrants um, may, be, may be treated as deviant or even traitorous because it puts them, puts them in conflict with the national project. So th these are some general uh, observation, observations about immigration, but they're highly relevant to, to Jewish immigration from Palestine and Israel, because Jews who left the country acted against the expectations of the national community, which defined the land of Israel as the only home for all Jews and rejected Jewish life in the diaspora as pointless and untenable. Since the Zionist movement emerged in Europe, but saw Palestine or the land of Israel as its homeland, the entire realization of the Zionist project was based on Jewish immigration into the ancestral homeland. Even beyond the practical goal of moving people from one, one place to another, Jewish immigration to the land of Israel was deeply ingrained in nationalist ideals. Immigration was regarded as a process of individual transformation that required Jews to leave behind what was perceived as the negative features of their old diaspora identity. According to, at least in, in the Zionist view, those features included weakness in the face of anti-Jewish hostility and passivity and up, uprootedness. And they had to, they, they were expected, Jews immigrated to, to Israel were expected to leave behind them those uh, uh, features and recreate themselves as new Jews. And as those new Jews, they were, those new Jews were seen in, um, in Zionist discourse as uh, strong, proud people uh, deeply rooted in their ancient home, in their ancient ancient homeland, as we can see uh, in those uh, in those slides, the, those images that represent the idea of the of the new Jew. Here we can see the contrast between the old Jew uh, in this painting, who's chained to the to the diaspora and long, longing to the land of Israel, and on the other side, uh, the image of the strong and proud uh, uh, new uh, Jew. So those those uh, images help to represent the transformation that. Uh, was involved uh, or that was expected from immigrants, uh, Jewish immigrants uh, going uh, into uh, Israel. Due to the practical and ideological significance of immigration for Zionism, immigration, the movement out of the country, was understood as a threat to the success of the Zionist project, and it was described in terms such as catastrophe, social disease, collective psychosis, and even suicide, as we will see later. Immigration was also attributed to ideological and personal weakness 
and lack of moral and physical stamina. According to the traditional Zionist narrative, those who left the country did so because they could not withstand the rigors of pioneering life in Israel or because they were, they were too selfish to dedicate themselves to the national collective national goal or project. Immigrants were seen as a problematic group of deviators and even traitors who represented the counter type of the ideal national type which the Zionist movement tried to create. And you can see the contrast between the, um, the, the, the ideal type and the counter type uh, again in those uh, images. The presence of immigrants as counter types helped to forge and reinforce the new national identity. So even though immigrants left the country, they still had an important social uh, role. And um, the, the, this discourse was also reflected, reflected in the terms that were used uh, in the discussion on immigration. As you can see here uh, in this uh, slide, Aliyah is the Hebrew term that was used uh, uh, for, to describe Jewish immigration to Palestine. Aliyah meaning uh, ascent in Hebrew. Yerida meaning descent in Hebrew, in Hebrew was the term given to Jewish emigration from Israel. And accordingly, immigrants were called Olim, those who go up, and emigrants were Yordim, those who go down. So we can see the, how those terms uh, convey a certain ideological, uh, uh, ideological message. How significant, significant was this uh, migration movement? Between 1945 and 1967, almost 190,000 Jews left Palestine and Israel. This was about 14% of the number of Jewish immigrants who came into the country during the same years. My main focus is on the critical years of the massive Jewish immigration to Israel, the period between 1948 and 1953, when the Jewish population of the country was more than doubled by the arrival of, uh, of 700,000 new Jewish immigrants, many from uh, Europe and the Muslim, Muslim world. Now, to understand the magnitude of this immigration in the early years of Israeli independence, we can try to imagine that the US would today receive about 600 million new immigrants in a period of three years or so. We also have to remember that most of these immigrants were poor, pe poor people and that the state itself was young and lacked the resources needed to absorb all those new immigrants. Here we can see uh, um, uh, this in this uh, photo, uh, one of the immigrant uh, camps, one of the camps, transit camps in which immigrants uh, uh, in Israel were living during uh, those years. There are many other similar camps throughout the country. So it is not surprising that the majority of immigrants, of those who left the country, were new immigrants who had come to Israel after 1948 in this mass immigration. About 75% of the immigrants had come to Israel from Europe. So there was a clear majority of European or Ashkenazi Jews among the immigrants. And the uh, main destination of immigrants was the United States. Uh, as we can see here, 31% of all immigrants went to the US. 42% went to all European countries and much smaller numbers emigrated to countries in the Middle East and North Africa. Emigration to Europe and to the Middle East and North Africa was mainly return migration of people who had come to Israel from those regions, while emigration to the United States and to the Americas more generally was for the most part not return migration, but resettlement in a new destination. 
Now, among all those emigrants, there was one group of a few thousand people that attracted considerable amount of attention during the 1950s, and that also caused painful embarrassment for Israel. This group um, um, occupies, occupies a large uh, space in the book, and I will also focus on this group uh, in this uh, uh, talk. The group was comp comprised, comprised of people who had immigrated to Israel from Eastern European countries and from displaced persons or DP camps in, in Europe. The DP camps were facility, facilities that were created and managed by the allies and by UN agencies to provide shelter to people who had been displaced by the war, by the Second World War, including, of course, uh, Jewish survivors of the Nazi genocide who lived in those camps before they were able to settle in new destinations. Here we can see a map of those camps um, that uh, were established mainly in Italy, in Italy, uh, Austria, and most of them actually in Germany. This is a picture showing um, Jewish DPs in a camp in Germany uh, calling for open immigration to, uh, to Israel. And here we can see Jewish DPs, refugees from the Holocaust, uh, trying to reach the shores of Palestine after, after the Second World War. Although those immigrants had gone to Israel from the DP camps and from other places in Europe, they did not see their future in the Jewish state. And after various time periods, ranging from a few months to several years, they decided to re-migrate. Most of them wanted to, go, wanted to go to the United States or to Canada, but due to various technical reasons, they could not get there directly from Israel and they had to use Europe as a stepping stone to their desired destinations. Many of them, however, could not realize their immigration plans even after arriving in Europe and they ran into serious economic and legal troubles in their countries, countries of, of transit, especially in Germany and also in, uh, in uh, Austria, France, and Italy. Those stranded migrants refused to return to Israel and became dependent on assistance from local Jewish communities and from Jewish and non-Jewish aid organizations. For many of those stranded migrants, the only solution was return to refugee life, which they tried to achieve by settling in DP camps in Germany and Austria, mostly in Germany. Most of those DP camps had been closed by 1951, following immigration of DPs, mainly to Israel and to the United States, but also to other countries. But there was one camp, the Ferenwald camp near Munich that existed until 1957 because it housed the so-called hardcore DPs, the, the sick and disabled survivors who could not or did not want to emigrate from the camp and start new lives elsewhere. So um, 12 years, this camp was, called, was closed only in 1957, 12 years after the end of the Second World War. And it still uh, housed Jewish refugees, Jewish Holocaust survivors uh, um, until 1957 in Germany. And this camp also became a magnet for migrants from Israel. The migrants gravitated towards the camp in the hope of receiving welfare and immigration assistance from Jewish organizations and local authorities that were providing uh, this kind of help to the DPs that were already living in the camp. Both inside and outside the camps, including of course, the main body to which immigrants from Israel turned for help 
was the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, also known as the JDC or the Joint. The Joint was established in 1914 by American Jews to extend help to Jews around the world. Over the years, the Joint developed into the world's largest Jewish philanthropic organization. And it was also the most important Jewish body operating in Europe after the Second World War. Many of the migrants had been supported by the Joint before going to Israel. So they, when they returned to Europe from Israel, they expected the Joint to again become their main source of support. But the Joint could not fulfill the expectations. The Joint had invested considerable funds and efforts in diminishing the Jewish refugee problem in post-war Europe by sending refugees to new destinations, especially to Israel. And since Israel was considered as the main destination for the resettlement of Jewish refugees after the war, it was the official policy of the joint of the joint not to assist those leaving the country. The migrants did not accept this position. They protested by staging strikes, seeking strikes, and sometimes hunger strikes at the offices of the joint in Europe, and by sending letters to the press and to Jewish organizations. In those letters, they complained that the joint was discriminating against them because they had left Israel. One immigrant who had, left, who had fought in the 1948 Arab-Jewish war in Palestine, and was now part of a group that got stranded in Rome on the way, on the way uh, from Israel to Canada, wrote the following letter to one American Jewish organization. Strangely enough, I'm not treated like an outcast by the people I fought for. Why? Because I left Israel? I cannot send the climate down there. Apart from that, is the policy of the joint to force people to go back to Israel, right? Not every American lives in America, not every Frenchman in France, and not every Englishman in England. I fought in Israel for two years under the worst conditions. Those people of the joint have never seen the country and talk. They ought to go down there themselves for at least two days before they condemn others. And this is just one, one example of, uh, of uh, the attempts uh, uh, of migrants to draw attention to their uh, plight. The migrants became a headache, not only for Jewish organizations, but also for local authorities, especially in Germany. The Germans were determined to close the DP camps and terminate, put an end to the Jewish refugee crisis in Germany. But the influx from Israel into the camps ran counter to those efforts. German officials negotiated with representatives of Jewish bodies, bodies in order to find various solutions to the crisis, especially through resettlement in uh, other destinations. But the Germans also took police action against the migrants, including imprisonment and deportation from the country. And this included deportation to Israel, which an action which represented one of the historical ironies, ironies of this uh, a story, the irony involved in the fact that uh, of the forced expulsion of Jewish Holocaust survivors from Germany to Israel several years after 1945. Now, it's important to note that there, there were no uh, formal diplomatic relations between Germany in Israel, between West Germany and Israel uh, uh, at the time. There had, been, there had been contacts between the countries regarding the agreement uh, uh, on reparations for the Holocaust, but the uh, negotiations on deportation from Germany of those migrants was a much less known uh, a, a diplomatic channel between Israel and West Germany. 
All these events took place in Europe, but they brought reactions from the American Jewish community, the community that funded the relief activity in Europe. Public opinion among American Jews was divided. Some supported the migrants and accused the joint of rejecting appeals for help on account of political considerations. The Jewish newsletter, which was an anti-Zanist journal based in New York, argued that re-migrants from Israel were looked upon with contempt and hatred by the Zionist and pro-Zionist relief organizations, which denied them assistance in order to force, force them to go back to Israel. On the other hand, there were those who believed that the Jewish world owed nothing to immigrants from Israel. Some letters to the editor of the Jewish Daily Forward, which was a very important uh, newspaper, also based in New York, argued that Jews who had suffered under the Nazis and had been sent to Israel with the help of money given by American Jews should endure the hardships of life in Israel and not return to the land of their persecutors. And those returning, it was claimed, should not expect to receive any public support. A writer in one American Zionist journal accused the migrants uh, in Germany of reversing the process and transforming the historic return to the land of Israel into the degradation of the returnee or the re-migrant in Germany, to Germany. This writer insisted that the Jewish people had no obligation towards the re-migrants who were the creators of their own misery. The pressure by the migrants and their supporters in, in the Jewish uh, press, but also the tendency of relief, relief officers to assist people in need, often compelled the joint to deviate from its declared, declared policy and assist migrants from Israel. But the joint could not adopt a firm policy because it constantly had to choose between two bad options. On the one hand, refusing assistance to migrants would aggravate their hardships and magnify the problem. On the other hand, it was clear that providing assistance would encourage more movement from Israel of people who would be driven by the hope of relying on this assistance once they arrived to Europe. The joint finally came to the conclusion that the only way out of this dilemma was to influence the Israeli government to curb the movement out of the country. In November 1953, one of the directors of the joint traveled to Israel with, uh, to, uh, to meet with key Israeli decision makers and could convey to them the, uh, the severity of the problem. As a result of those meetings, it became clear to authorities in Israel that immigration from the country was creating serious complications in Europe and became a political embarrassment for Israel. The Israelis decided to take several steps to confront the disorganized departure from the country. The government restricted the distribution of passports and of exit, exit permits. Exit permits were still uh, required at the time for anyone who wanted to leave Israel. So they imposed those restrictions on travel papers in a way that, to, that would limit immigration, but would also minimize the chances that immigrants would get stuck on their way or would face legal and economic uh, troubles after leaving Israel, as happened uh, in the past. The Israeli government also decided that new immigrants wishing to leave the country would not be allowed to do so unless they refund the state for the uh, value of material benefits that they had received uh, upon immigration to Israel. And in some cases, prospective immigrant, immigrants 
were even required to repay the costs involved in bringing them to Israel and maintaining them in uh, immigration uh, camps in Israel. And this was a serious obstacle for immigration because many people who wanted to leave the country were unable to pay all those costs, so they had to stay in Israel. And the government also launched a propaganda campaign in the newspapers uh, against immigration. The campaign was based mainly on reports about the hardships of Israeli immigrants, the hardship that Israeli immigrants had encountered uh, in, uh, abroad. As part of this campaign, journalists traveled to different countries of this nation to collect material on the experiences of disappointed immigrants. The stories were later, later published in the newspapers with the aim of dumping the enthusiasm for immigration among Israeli citizens. In the words of one Israeli official, the purpose of the report was to demonstrate to the Israeli public that no mountains of gold were waiting for them abroad. Most of the reports indeed painted a very gloomy picture of immigrants' lives and highlighted their immoralities and personal and financial failures. The campaign included not only not only uh, uh, articles, but also cartoons. This one, for example, shows a Holocaust survivor, survivor, Jewish Holocaust survivor, knocking on the closed doors of uh, post-war Germany. You can see his bent shoulders and a green uh, face. This cartoon depicts the immigrants as uh, uh, rootless people floating above, above the globe, carried in the air by their passports, uh, their suitcase, suitcases uh, contain black market, slander of the country, and forgeries, which were common accusations uh, against immigrants. To me, this cartoon evokes Mark Chagall's Luftmensch. Luftmensch, the Yiddish term meaning man of air, which refers to the impractical, overly intellectual person who, became, who came to symbolize the ruthlessness of the Jews of the diaspora, the very opposite of the image of the rooted Jew that stood at the center of the Zionist vision. So we can see the similarity between uh, those two images. So this was part of the uh, propaganda campaign against uh, immigration. And these anti-immigration policies were important in and of themselves, and they helped to mitigate the crisis in Germany. But the discussions leading up to the decisions were also important because they revealed the views of Israeli officials about several issues surrounding the immigration uh, problem, issues like individual freedom versus collective needs, the mental disposition of, of Jewish migrants, and the relations between migrants and the Jewish state. For example, an official named Giora Yosefthal, who was in charge of the immigration uh, activities, immigration enterprise in Israel, thought that immigrants were driven to leave the country by a wandering instinct, what he called a and lack of mental stability. He believed that new immigrants in Israel should be compelled to endure the hardships or else many of them would leave. At one, meet, one of the meetings of the immigration committees, or committees on immigration, Yosef said, and another official who reacted uh, to immigration was uh, Golda Meilson, later became known as Golda Meir. She was then a minister of labor. And she said that uh, she compared restrictions on immigration which I described earlier um, as lost against suicide. She compared immigrants as people intent on committing suicide and compared the laws on immigration uh, to uh, um, uh, restrictions on immigration to laws against uh, suicide. 
In her view, Israel was entitled to demand self-sacrifice from Jewish immigrants, and the restrictions on immigration did not violate, violate any concepts of democracy, uh, liberalism, uh, or individual freedom. So those were uh, some, these were some examples of the reactions of officials uh, to immigration to do, and to the restrictions on immigration. Um, many observers, both in Israel and in the larger Jewish world, also made comments about the psychological and moral character of the immigrants. And one American Zionist newspaper speculated, writer in American Jewish newspaper, speculated about what she called the morbid compulsions of Jewish migrants who had left Israel and, and settled in refugee camps in Germany. This writer wondered whether the impulse to return to the scene of the crime animated the victim as well as the criminal, or whether the migrants were attracted by what she called the womb-like security of the refugee camp. One Israeli, Israeli newspaper wrote that by leaving Israel and becoming false refugees in Germany, the re-migrants had committed the immoral act, an immoral act and, and placed themselves beyond the limits of national and Jewish solidarity. One notable uh, exception to all the, those statements was an account by an Israeli journalist who visited one of the German camps in which migrants from Israel were living and concluded that most of them were sound-minded family people, thoughtful and hardworking, serious and cautious. He got the impression that those people had decided to put the wandering stick in their hands again only after long and many deliberations and after encountering unusual difficulties insurmountable for most people. But most accounts were much more negative. As these examples indicate, Jewish immigration from Israel became a controversial public issue, both in Israel and in the wider Jewish world. The vision of Jewish statehood had not considered the possibility that Israel would become a sending country of needy migrants. The presence of such migrants in Europe, and especially in Germany, provoked intense reactions regarding the phenomenon as a whole and regarding the moral conduct of the migrants and the bodies with which they came in contact. The migrants challenged two central convictions of the Jewish world after the war. First, that Israel should be a country of Jewish immigration and not emigration. And second, that Jews should not settle in Germany, resettle in Germany. Jewish immigration from Israel therefore aroused debates regarding the appropriate attitude towards people who elected against society's expectations. And since many immigrants demanded material support during the, the migration process, their presence in Europe, especially in Germany, posed, posed a conflict between two principles. On the one hand, the traditional idea of Jewish international solidarity, which is embodied in the term or all Jews are responsible for one another. And on the other hand, support of Zionism, support for Zionism, which became a consensus view in the Jewish world in light of what had happened in, in Hitler's Europe. So it seemed that there was a conflict between assisting immigrants and the, 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 the notion that assisting immigrants would encourage a more movement, uh, which in turn would undermine the Zionist cause, it seemed to uh, contradict the notion that Jews should express, should uh, uh, maintain um, international solidarity. So this was the conflict between those two uh, principles. But the positions of those participating in the debates were often detached 
from the personal and material considerations that motivated the immigrants themselves. Immigrants were mostly driven by issues like climate conditions, health problems, economic distress, the difficulty of learning Hebrew, the desire to reunite with family members abroad, and general feelings of alienation in Israel. Usually it was some combination of all those motives. As we can see, we can learn from uh, the statement of one immigrant who said, I can't stand that country, the climate, the people, everything. But in, in, in any case, the, uh, well, we see when we look at all those uh, motivations and considerations of, of Jewish migrants, we see that migration is usually an individual act. Migration decisions are, uh, are uh, individual acts, but the historical circumstances of Jewish immigration from the land of Israel after the Second World War dictated that the personal, the personal experiences of individual migrants were cast into the public domain in which the migrants were seen as social outcasts by many people. In both the academic literature and, pop and popular imagination, the creation of Israel is regarded as, a, regarded as a rupture with the Jewish past of displacement and wandering. But the experiences of immigrants invites us to rethink this assumption. The Zionist movement aspired to create a sense of Jewish rootedness and permanence in the soil of the land of Israel and to solve the problem of Jewish homelessness, which was seen as the defining feature of Jewish life in the diaspora. But the story of Jewish immigration from Israel emphasizes continuity rather than change. It tells us that tens of tens of thousands of Jews saw the land of Israel not as a permanent homeland or a final destination, but as a way station to other countries. As opposed to, to receive the opinion, Israel was not only a country of Jewish immigration, but also of emigration. The image of the wandering Jew maintained a strong presence in the years surrounding the creation of Israel and the specter of displacement hovered over the early years of the state. Thank you. I will end here. And I'm, my apologies again for this te technical uh, uh, problem in the middle of, uh, of the talk. So thank you for your uh, uh, patience and for bearing with me. Thanks so much, Ori, for that really fascinating uh, and, uh, and in some ways surprising discussion. Um, we've had lots of questions come in, and I'll remind you if you have other, if uh, anybody who is uh, uh, who's watching and listening would like to uh, uh, to submit a question, please do so using the, the Q&A function, which is just at the bottom uh, of your Zoom. Um, we've had a few questions that, that sort of look at the, the experience of the emigres and the reception of the emigres into the countries that they, they moved to. Um, and we put them together. I guess there was sort of a, there's several questions about how well received, and I think particularly people were interested in hearing about uh, uh, Jews moving from Israel to the United States, but how well were they received and when they, when they arrived? Uh, did any ever return back to Israel? Was there a sort of uh, re-immigration? Um, and we had a question about was, has any kind of a survey ever been done of the, uh, of, of those who emigrated from Israel uh, in the sense that do they, uh, do they feel remorse of any sort? Uh, do they feel like they made the right uh, decision in leaving Israel? Okay, so thank you for those uh, interesting questions. Uh, so I'll start with the question about uh, immigration uh, to the United States. Uh, well, my talk fo focused mainly on Europe um, and I, I discussed reactions from, from the American Jewish community, 
But in the book, I have a special chapter dedicated to immigration to the United States and also, also to uh, Canada uh, and, and Brazil. Um, so the general, one of the main themes emerging from um, the stories of those who went to, to the United States is actually improvement in the life conditions and in the uh, economic status of, of immigrants, uh, which were able to, um, uh, to, to improve their, their economic status, status uh, as a result of immigration to the United States compared to um, their life in Israel, in Palestine, or later, later in Israel. Um, they also received some assistance from the American Jewish community. Um, immigration to the United States was not free of, of those conflicts. Um, there were uh, Jewish American uh, organizations um, that assisted migrants, Jewish migrants, but they refused to assist uh, Jewish immigration from Israel. So there were conflicts that uh, I, I described uh, in relation to Europe also existed uh, in, uh, in the United States. But still, migrants were not uh, completely isolated from the American Jewish community. They, they received help from, uh, from communities, uh, from various organizations. They participated, they became part of the, of the communities. Some of them became Hebrew teachers, uh, for example. Um, so, uh, and, but on the other hand, uh, we have those stories of people who regretted leaving Israel, people who despite uh, maybe despite in spite of the improvements in their economic status, they still uh, missed Israel. They felt that in Israel they had a more uh, meaningful life uh, as Jews, uh, despite the uh, despite the uh, um, security problems, despite the, the conflict with the with the Palestinians, and despite the wars against uh, um, Arab countries. Um, so uh, I've seen memoirs and autobiographies of people who describe those feelings of uh, of uh, actually saying that immigration to the United States was a mistake uh, because they still felt strong connection to, to Israel. Um, there is a variety of, experience, of experiences. We're talking about you know, tens of thousands of people. Uh, so uh, people have different, different experiences, different, uh, different reactions. Um, there was a question of, of, of return. This is, this is an, inter an interesting question. Only you know, this, this morning I heard from a friend uh, whose uh, family immigrated to Israel in 1949 left to the, to the United States after two years and then returned in 1960 and then emigrated again to, uh, in 1967 to the United States. And there are many stories like that. Um, many people changed, changed their minds and kept looking for, uh, looking for other options, kept you know, assessing their, uh, their opportunities. And we can see that immigration um, is not one, you know, uh, one, one directional movement. It usually, many, many times it, it involves also movements in, in the opposite direction of people um, changing their minds and going back. Uh, but what's even more interesting, I think, uh, uh, is that there was also an organized return to Israel. One of the reactions of the Israeli government to the crisis of immigration was to allow, to give people an opportunity to return to Israel uh, with public funding, with funding of the state. Um, this was called, it was, the, the, the program was proposed in 1954. Um, it was called an amnesty program. Uh, people were actually uh, required to, uh, those who applied to return were required to sign a statement um, that they regret leaving Israel and that they are willing to abide by cer certain conditions of the government uh, of Israel, not to request any other, uh, uh, not, to, uh, not to present any other demands to the Israeli government, to settle in several places uh, that the government uh, decided they should settle in. Uh, so, th so there was also uh, an organized uh, um, 
return to, to Israel. I'm not sure if there was another question which I uh, did not uh, answer. No, I think you you hit on all of those that were there. Um, we um, had a question, uh, which is kind of a personal experience, uh, which was that my late father-in-law, uh, not my late father-in-law, but the, the person who submitted the question, uh, my late father-in-law uh, immigrated to Israel in 1946 from Poland while his son, my late husband, came to the United States. Um, my husband was only 16 at the time, and how common was it for families to split like that in, in the migration process? Um, yeah, it was quite common. Um, there, were cases, there were cases of people who uh, people who were, were able to escape escape from Nazi Europe in the 1930s, 1940s, and you know reach Palestine. And there are other family members, family relatives, that survived the war and stayed in Europe or went to other places. And then uh, people started looking for for their relatives and. Um, Sometimes, and they wanted to reunite with, you know, with their uh, with uh, family relatives. And one, so, sometimes re, family reunification was uh, achieved through immigration to Israel, but sometimes through immigration from Israel. Um, so this was actually one of the main reasons for immigration from Israel, the desire to um, reunite with, uh, with, uh, with family. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was uh, quite common. I've seen cases of people um, explaining that this is why they want to leave uh, Palestine in 1945, 1946, 1947, but also Israel in the 1950s in order to uh, reunite with, uh, with family relatives, with the relatives, yeah. Um, there's, there's been some questions about the, um, well, about more recent uh, sort of history in the sense that this, this process of emigration out of Israel and the kinds of sort of crisis uh, of, uh, of the sort of nationalist or Zionist project that it causes and, and this disruption or anxiety that it causes, uh, has that continued on after the 1950s? And since your research really goes to the 1950s, but is there, were there similar moments uh, in more recent decades where, where we see this kind of emigration and the, uh, and the anxieties to the whole uh, Zionist project? Yeah, actually, I discussed this question in my, the conclusion uh, of the book, and uh, my, my argument is that there is a combination of continuity and change uh, here. Uh, on the one hand, um, there is more openness, toward, more acceptance towards the, you know, the idea that Jews would leave Israel and that Israelis would settle in other, in other places. Um, the term that I uh, presented at the beginning of, of the talk, Yodin, which is uh, kind of a derogatory term describing immigrants, uh, is much less popular today. Today, there's a more, uh, people are using more uh, um, um, neutral words like, you know, more immigrants uh, without passing this moral uh, judgment. Um, this is part of a change in Israeli society, the, the crumbling of Zionist uh, ideology, um, the uh, rise of more individualist, individualistic approaches, um, the, the notion that Part of the, this is, is the notion that people could you know, choose where they want uh, to live, not necessarily in Israel. So this is one process. But on the other hand, you still see from time to time in the, in the media, in the press, uh, that the immigration debate uh, uh, um, comes to life again as a result of a particular event or a particular uh, uh, case of an immigrant. Uh, um, and then you, you, sometimes you can see those, those same, same sentiments. Um, same arguments that were 
very prevalent in the 1950s, then they, they still exist. They still, uh, people still express them even, uh, even today. Uh, the notion that immigration is kind of a, a treason um, or expression of disloyalty to the state. Um, the notion that people should make an effort to stay in Israel despite all the hardships that still continue, even though um, uh, they're incomparable to the hardships of, 19, of the 1950s, but still there is this notion that uh, Zionism requires uh, uh, people to, uh, to contribute to the collective effort. And part of that is leaving uh, in Israel. And also this uh, negative approach towards attitude towards immigrants, especially those who go today to, to live in Germany and, and Berlin. So uh, I would say there is a, this combination of continuity uh, and change uh, in the discourse on immigration today. Um, there's a question from uh, from John uh, Pugh, I would think, uh, is the pronunciation, uh, but uh, he, uh, he writes, possibly a strange question, but can you speak to the accuracy of the historical novel Exodus by Leon Uris? Uh, I believe it's important as, uh, uh, as I think it uh, hugely influenced my parents' uh, generation, and in some part my own, in their view of the creation of the nation of Israel. This would help me understand the stridency of Israelis and their reaction to the early emigration from Israel. Well, I I, th I think this uh, I think this movie was part of you know what we call Hasbalah, or Jewish. Uh, I mean, we can maybe want you know the exact the best word in English for that is uh, propaganda or public relations for Israel. Um, um, the film it was. Uh, Describe the struggle for the creation of Israel um, during the 1940s and 1950s, the, especially the struggle to bring Jews uh, uh, into Israel. So um, it had an immense uh, impact, very strong influence on um, on American Jews, and you know, in helping to uh, um, um, to um, raise support uh, for Israel. So uh, um, I mean, even even if the details are accurate I don't remember don't remember exactly the you know the details there but 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 we should see this as part of uh, you know of the public relations efforts uh, in in Israel um, for those of those of you who are interested in, in this question looking more more closely at this question I can recommend a book by my my colleague Shaul Mittelpunkt wrote a book about it's called Israel in the American mind it's about uh, the cultural aspect of Israeli uh, American relations, and he, he devotes a special uh, chapter to uh, to this movie, to Exodus. So it's my anyone who wants to know more about this, that I should, should read this book. That's a great suggestion, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll be sending out a, a sort of follow up email after the event today, and we can include that information uh, in that email uh, and uh, sort of some follow up reading. Um, we have a couple of questions about uh, the kind of personality types or commonalities amongst the people who are willing to, to emigrate. Um, we have one person who said that you, know, that you say that many people migrated multiple times to and from Israel. Uh, in contrast, uh, many others came to Israel and remained uh, or did not immigrate at all. To your knowledge, are there, any, are there in fact any personality types or ideological characteristics associated with a preference for immigrating? Uh, are there certain types of people independent of social experience or more likely to immigrate uh, or emigrate uh, than, uh, than others? Um, and so, yeah, are there any sort of, can, I, I know there's the, the, you were talking about how they've, 
these kinds of ideas were perpetrated in, in the press and this sort of thing, but do, do we actually see any types of shared uh, personality traits or historical kinds of commonalities? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's again, I should say that it's difficult to generalize because we're talking about, I said, 190,000 people. So, uh, you know, each one of them had, you know, their own uh, reasons, motivations, background, personal background. Um, um, but I think what's interesting here is the contrast between the perception of immigrants at the time and the actual experiences of, of immigrants. As I said at the, at the, at the beginning, um, the perception, perception was that immigrants were weak people, people who did not have enough, you know, ideological, enough physical or mental power, mental strength to, uh, um, to uh, endure the hardships of, of life in Israel. And immigration was seen as an expression of, uh, of uh, weakness. This was a, you know, part of the Zionist narrative about immigration. But when we look at what those people had to go through, those people who emigrated, uh, especially those who, you know, who got stuck in Europe and had to go, you know, to go through all those all those hardships, uh, but also people who went to, you know, to other countries and had a more normal immigration experience. So when you look at the, uh, when you look at the, uh, at, at what the people had to go through during the migration process, I think, I mean, I think we have to rethink this notion that th those immigrants were weak people. Um, they, uh, I think it refutes the, this notion of immigration as an expression of weakness. Uh, sometimes it required a lot of, a lot of uh, strength, uh, um, a lot of, I think, optimism, um, maybe even courage, um, you know, to change the reality. And we also have to, to bear in mind the uh, historical or the biographies of those people. Uh, many of them, actually most of them uh, were refugees uh, or Holocaust survivors. Uh, and they kept the, this struggle to find a home even after uh, even after settling in Israel. So it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to characterize those people. Um, but at least we can we can I think uh, challenge the notion that immigration was an expression of, of weakness. Uh, the question of ideology it's also interesting because what I found is that the, most people emigrated not because of ideological opposition to Zionism, but because of more prosaic, more uh, mundane reasons like you know economic, material reasons. The, the we talked about family considerations, but also you know housing problems in Israel, uh, employment. Uh, so more material, uh, uh, personal reasons than those reasons were more important um, than ideological. Uh, reason. Some people emigrated because of ideology and declared their opposition to Zionism and mentioned their, their uh, rejection of Zionism as one of the reasons for, for immigration, but it was uh, less common than, uh, than those more uh, um, material personal reasons. Just in that vein, we had a question, um, which begins, uh, many thanks for the deep contexts and uh, about movement to and from Israel and the competing perspectives of all parties. With your mention uh, of questions about settlement policies, to, to what extent did emigrants choose to depart Israel from objections to Israeli policies towards Palestinians? Um, yeah, again, it was it was not very it was not very common. Um, I've seen some some people some testimonies or statements of people who uh, who were mentioned the uh, the Arab-Israeli conflict. Uh, sometimes, even in retrospect, this is actually interesting. So some people who emigrated for you know whatever reason, when they reflected back on their immigration to Israel, when they wrote their me their memoirs or gave some gave an interview, uh, maybe 50 years after immigration, uh, then some people 
referred to the uh, conflict against the Palestinians, um, um, which became, I think, one of the uh, you know uh, one of the things that you would expect people to say why why they would not want to live in Israel. But the uh, contemporary sources, um, again, uh, they the, in the contemporary sources there there is more emphasis on uh, those personal uh, personal reasons. Uh, more than uh, more than the conflict or other political uh, um, um, reasons. Um, there's time for maybe a couple more questions. One uh, was, uh, what, what was the thinking and the mindset uh, of, uh, of Jews going back to Germany, uh, Germany specifically, and so soon after World War II, uh, what was the German kind of public reaction to Jews coming back to Germany uh, at, uh, at that time? So the thinking of the, thinking of the people themselves, I think we have, there's a combination here of uh, practical considerations, but also attachment to Germany, to German culture, to, the, to their German identity. We have to, we have to bear in mind, we have to remember that many of those people went to Palestine not because they were Zionist, but they went there as refugees. They wanted to escape Europe, and this was uh, one of the uh, options of escaping Europe. So they went to, they settled in, in Palestine. Um, um, and when the war ended, and some options were some options uh, opened to leave the country, they wanted to go back to their to their to their homes, to the countries, even if, even though it was Germany. And some people still felt connections to. Um, uh, to their previous lives in Germany, to their identity as German, or also other in other European countries. So this was part of the of the desire to to uh, leave Palestine or Israel and go back to the to the home country. Uh, it, there were also practical practical considerations. So people knew that by um, going to Germany, they would uh, improve their chances of emigrating to the United States because of the relief activity, because the activity of immigration organizations and relief organizations that operated in Europe and helped people, people move from Europe to, uh, uh, to Canada or to the United States. So this was a practical decision, going to Germany in order to, uh, uh, in, in the hope of receiving help from those organizations that would uh, assist people continuing or settling in, 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 uh, overseas in, in the United States. Then the approaches towards those migrants, interesting to look, interesting to look at the uh, reactions of the American Jewish community, uh, the revived American, Jew, uh, sorry, German Jewish community, you're talking about immigration to Germany, the reaction, the reaction of the German Jewish community towards immigration from Palestine or Israel, which was negative. Um, they, they were quite isolated. The Germans, the German Jewish community was quite isolated from the rest of the Jewish world. They were accused of uh, choosing to living in what to live in what was called the the uh, 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 blood-soaked land of, of Germany, the cursed land of Germany, instead of moving to other places. Um, and they thought that by by accepting immigrants from Israel, the uh, the criticism against them would be even more intense. Uh, they thought that immig immigration actually uh, made weakened their position in the Jewish world. Uh, and they also felt that they did not have the financial resources to assist uh, those migrants. Um, and this, uh, this phenomenon was repeated also in other places uh, where there was opposition to, to immigration from Israel, not only in Israel, but also uh, in uh, Jewish communities in various countries uh, in the world, because there was, a, uh, there was a strong support for Zionism in the Jewish world after the war. And people felt that 
um, helping immigrants co coming from Israel uh, was in conflict with uh, uh, with support support for for Israel. So uh, there, there were a lot of a lot of debates about what what, what to do with the with those immigrants. Should we help them because uh, we, there are Jews and we are uh, um, no we have this solidarity uh, with other Jews who need help. But on the other hand, if we help those immigrants, we might encourage more immigration from Israel, and this this would uh, uh, this would be uh, uh, um, um, in conflict with our desire to help Israel um, thrive. Wonderful, thank you so much, Ori. Um, unfortunately, I think that maybe all we have time for today. Um, I. Uh, I wanted to say a very deep and heartfelt thank you uh, to everyone uh, for joining us here today. And again, apologies for, uh, for the brief technical difficulties. Um, I'm very grateful uh, to Professor Ori Yehudai uh, for sharing his expertise and passion for history today. Uh, please join me in giving him a virtual round of applause. Uh, we'd also like to thank the College of Arts and Sciences, uh, especially Clara Davison and Jude Lack, uh, and also the History Department, the Harvey Goldberg Center uh, for Excellence in Teaching, the Clio Society, the Bexley Public Library, and the magazine Origins Current Events and Historical Perspective uh, for their sponsorship. Uh, and once again, thank you uh, for your excellent questions and for your ongoing connection to Ohio State. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you.